This is the feast of victory for our God. Y'all just sang that not too long ago, as you have Sunday after Sunday throughout this season of Easter. But when was the last time outside of the context of the church that you got to go to a victory celebration? Now, last June, after the Washington Capitals brought back the Stanley Cup here to our nation's capital, many people took off work or school to go down into D.C. to join in the celebrations. Did any of you do so? I know some from our congregation did. Maybe some watched it on TV, saw all that was going on as the team paraded through town. Now, occasions like that give you the chance to get together with your teammates, with family, friends, other fans, or just people who want to enjoy each other's company and camaraderie, rallying around some kind of big accomplishment. Did you defeat your arch rival at the end of the season? Are you successfully graduating from school? Have you finally gotten that promotion you worked for so long at work? Maybe you just made it through a couple of years of Lutheran confirmation. Congratulations. Victories should be celebrated. Now, victories, they come out of winning. There's a lot of pressure in our culture, and particularly in our region of the nation, to be a winner. Have you felt it at work or school and games and sports? Have you put that pressure on someone else? There's this perceived notion that you have to be better than the rest in order to succeed. And that's largely true. You have to be smart, smarter. You have to work harder. You have to play the game better, be faster to be the winner. And you must keep on winning, overcoming challenge after challenge after challenge, the next season, the next grade, the next job, the next whatever. Winning is the objective for most games and contests and it seems even life because who really wants to lose? You might rack up victory after victory, but can you win at life? I mean, what that even really look like? On one level, we Christians in America have experienced a pretty comfortable ride in our society for decade after decade, but that era seems over and done. Christianity no longer holds a preferred status in our culture. That's not a bad thing, nor is it a new thing. Life is not going to be easy for our Lord's disciples because he sends them out as his ambassadors. The world rejected him, and so it will reject them too, whether it be the first century or the 21st century. When following Jesus, hardships and suffering should not come as a surprise because you are going against the flow. As Christians, we believe that Jesus would know what he's talking about when he says, in the world you will have tribulation. The tribulation, the pressure that the world continues to throw will come. Jesus has told us it's going to be that way. Life in Christ isn't usually going to look like winning in the eyes of the world because you're not going to be playing by their rules. Life in Christ, it presents an alternative way to the world. 
It presents a redefinition of winning, loving God, loving your neighbor as yourself. As people who are at odds with the way the game of life is usually played in this world broken by sin, you and I need to be on guard against overconfidence in our own strength. Because no matter how good you are, no matter how well you play the game, you won't win life by your own merits. And today's gospel flashback to Monday, Thursday, the disciples think they've finally got Jesus figured out. They don't. They really, really don't. Because even though they have been following him these past three years, they had no idea what was going to be happening over the next three days. Now you and I who have the benefit on being this side of Easter can look back. Even so, we mustn't get lulled into thinking that we know it all or that we have life all figured out. Listen to Jesus. You're not in it alone. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. You are in that day. That day is now. You don't have to face the world alone because you are in Christ. You get to ask what you need from the Father himself in Jesus' name. You have direct access. Trust Jesus' promise that the Father loves you. His peace, it is with you. Now thinking back to the Washington Capitals' Stanley Cup victory, how many of us here in the D.C. area actually had anything to do with that happening? Anybody here trainers for the team? No? I mean, you might have gone to the games, you might have bought tickets and helped support their training and salaries. You might have purchased merchandise to wear. I mean, because if you feel like you've got one of those hockey sweaters that says the caps on it, you're part of the team, right? And how little have we had to do with that? How little have we had to do with Jesus' victory? Even less than the caps. Nothing at all. We have done nothing to participate in Jesus' victory on our behalf. He is the victor over sin, death, and the broken world for us. He is the solo victor on our behalf. But still, he invites you to join in his celebration. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The word that Jesus uses for overcome springs from that same root word as the Greek word for victory, Nike, or for us Americans, Nike. Jesus has won the victory over this world wrecked by sin. He is the champion. And because he has won his victory is yours too. We are the champions, my friend. Where's our confidence? Jesus. Take heart. Be strong and courageous. Jesus' victory stands above the hardships and pressures that the world throws at you. 
Now remember, Jesus is saying this to his disciples on Monday, Thursday, before the cross of Good Friday, before the empty tomb of Easter Sunday. He overcame the world by living the perfect life before God that you and I have not. And he did it for you. The resurrection that we celebrate in this season of Easter, it was the confirmation of Jesus' victory. The hope that you have in faith is not merely about making it through the world to your own resurrection in Christ. It's for living. Living as a disciple and as an ambassador. In John's vision from the book of Revelation we heard today, we see the city of God, the new Jerusalem coming into the world. This is the one holy church, the bride of Christ, of which you and I have been made members by God's grace. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Jesus is our light now in the church as we follow him and into the age to come. His light shines through you as his people. You are subsumed into Christ who is the glory of God and the light for the nations. And as John tells us, the gates of the city are never shut. They don't need to be because Jesus is the victor. He has won. The gates remain open because the welcome never ends. And you and I, we get to carry that welcome out into the world as Christ's ambassadors, as Paul and Luke did at Philippi. A fun fact, Lydia, that woman we heard recorded in the scriptures today, she's the first European convert that the scripture notes. Our nation today celebrates, or this weekend celebrates Memorial Day, remembering, giving thanks for those who laid down their lives in the service of freedom. But we're also observing Armed Forces Sunday with other LCMS congregations. If you take a look in your bulletins, you don't have to do it right now, but there's a fallout in there talking about our, our church body's ministry to the armed forces. Because those who serve give of themselves so that we might all continue to enjoy the rights and privileges that we know in these United States. Through them, God guards our freedom to gather, to worship him openly, to speak out against the injustices of this world, and to share the faith that brings us together here today. So let us entrust those who serve to our Lord's gracious care, knowing that he has won the victory, the greatest of victories, for them and for us. Jesus' victory, it's yours. As God gathers us together today, we get to celebrate his victory, victory with a banquet. We get to come around the table that he has prepared in Holy Communion. Because the lamb who was slain has begun his reign. And he welcomes you to come in from this world of tribulation that you might share in his peace. Take heart. For Jesus has overcome the world. This is the feast of victory for our God. So come, join the celebration. Amen.